On today's show, Darius Garland, maybe, just maybe, is going to play on Wednesday. Thanks again for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. All right, the music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio. Check them out on Apple Music or Spotify. I'm Chris Manning. I cover the Cavs and the NBA at large for places like Diamond Up Rocks and Espanation for the Sword. That man is Evan Damrell, the proprietor of Right Down Euclid, also at Fear the Sword as well. This episode, as always, is produced by Jake Stevens. Evan, we, I am thankful today that we are a basketball podcast and not having to talk about anti-Semitism or some of these other crazy things happening with the NBA in terms of Ime Udoka, Kyrie Irving, and the Brooklyn Nets. Check out those shows if you're interested in that stuff. Check out Locked NBA, all that stuff. Tough stuff. But Well, full, full disclosure, if you're into anti-Semitism, don't check out anything. You can expletive off. Um, yeah. just, just making that clear. So. Yes, this is not a... Yeah, this is... Uh, it's not good. It's not good. But today's no, show, not. what is good, perhaps, for the Cleveland Cavaliers is Darius Garland maybe, just maybe, going to play on Wednesday against the Celtics round two between these two teams after last week's really incredible matchup in Boston. This will obviously be a national TV game. Garland is officially listed as, listed as questionable on the latest injury report. Um, it feels like we will find out after the 555. Well, tomorrow will be 545. J.B. Bickerstaff media availability and we'll learn closer to 7:30 if garland is going to play or not but evan what did bickerstaff say at practice on tuesday about garland and the chances that he might play on wednesday night against the celtics i mean jb didn't play his hand whatsoever he didn't say darius was outright playing but he did say that darius did clear some of the steps required of him to play which for JB was be able to go through contact, be able to engage in practice. It's worth noting that um, at least for now, Darius wasn't wearing um, the starters wine tops. He's wearing a white Jersey. So maybe they're still trying to ease him back into things. Um, he was practicing without goggles, um, without the uh, rec specs. He just had a headband on during practice and was going through a series of shooting drills. And was practice finally concluded. And most of the players had spoken at that point, but JB seemed to indicate that he'll just be a game time decision that he went through kind of what was required and asked of him to just get back on the floor overall. And yeah, if everything is, you know, ship shape and good to go, this is, this is a good uh, shot in the arm for the cats, especially on kind of a, a higher stakes game on national TV. Yeah. And we'll get into the specifics of how they'll integrate him back in and some of, and, and what to watch for in that regard, but just Garland getting healthy would just feel like a, a big deal, right? Like Garland, was the MVP of the team last year? I, I think in my mind, he gets this. He has a kind of a rough opening night. He gets. He now has obviously been just been able to practice now for the first time since his eye injury, since the eye laceration. You know, there was like if you screen, if you like zoomed in on like some team Instagram photos, you could see 
like over the weekend, there was that photo of him behind Dean Wade when Dean Wade was wearing the chain and he had his sunglasses off and you could tell that his eye was still puffy, right? Like you could tell that this has like been a real issue and this is why he's been wearing sunglasses and, and this is this has been just like a thing. Um, you know, you're hoping, I think, obviously that he can come back for this game. You will need him, I think, in this game. You know, you, you, would, you would like to just get him back sooner rather than later. It already feels like amid such a wonderful start for the Cavs that the the biggest bummer is just that you don't get like just from a purely like how much you won't like watching this basketball team question it they're a more fun team to watch they're a more interesting team to watch when Darius Garland is playing and they should be better overall when Darius Garland is playing when they get him and Donovan Mitchell on the floor together um mm-hmm. I, I am curious to see like you know what it looks like when he comes back. You know if he ends up wearing the goggles, maybe maybe he had them on in practice. Like we don't we don't we don't know because like the, the real yeah. active stuff we don't get to see. He like but how comfortable is he? Like does it still bother him? What is the swelling like? He is you know let's let's see if he's back. Let's see how he looks. But this is obviously this feels like this feels to me like Evan the uh, amid what Bickerstaff has outlined for him to return the swelling kind of being the thing you sit on over and over and over again. This feels like the thing where it's like, this is the reading between the lines. It feels more likely than not that maybe he is going to play and that he's, it, there has been a step forward in his healing process here. Yeah. They're they're Like he said, if you kind of scour the interwebs and look at some of the team official photos and at least without his sunglasses on it, his eyes still is a little bit puffy. So and he obviously we couldn't get a clear look at, how he actually looked from all the way across the court at the practice facility because Darius practices on the other side of the floor just relative to where we were the media was standing um, by the podium for media availability. But yeah, it, it just would be a huge shot in the arm for the Cavs. I think more than anything, there are still going to be those growing pains. Like I don't think he'll be as nearly as juiced up he is in Darius Garland like he was against Toronto. Maybe he'll be a little bit more calm. And who knows, maybe the Cavs bring him off the bench at first just to ease him back into the rotation of the lineup because he just hasn't played in such a long time. But we'll see how it goes. I, I am morbidly curious to see how he I, – like, I know the fit next to Donovan Mitchell is very good. Like I have no doubt in my mind about that. But I am also just very curious, like, how is it going to look in game one? Because game one technically was against Toronto, but we'll just call that a mulligan at this point because – they only played about 13-ish minutes in total together. So you kind of need more substantial footage, data to see how these two function. It's going to work. It's going to be a process. But all signs seem to be pointing to him playing. But obviously, I, I imagine he'll go through shoot-around. Um, he'll go through pregame stuff as well and kind of maybe have a couple more benchmarks he needs to clear with Cleveland's medical staff. And then if he's good to go, he could be on a minutes restriction. Who knows what happens? But it'll be interesting to see what does and doesn't happen uh, Wednesday night against Boston. Yeah, like, well, we're curious to see, like, if there are any limits on, like, his play. Like, do they, does he come off the bench? Like, you know, you mentioned the 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 jersey thing. Like, maybe that's just a practice thing. But, like, do like how slow do they bring him back and integrate yeah. him back in? It will be just sort of, like, an interesting thing to follow. And, look, the Celtics game is, like, it's a big game to return to. Like, in, maybe, like, in a perfect world, you, like, there's no really the NBA schedule is not forgiving and like you maybe it's easier if you're the Cavs like this is your last home game for a while too if you think about it that way so they play Boston at home Wednesday they go to Detroit on Friday and then they're in LA Sunday Monday and uh, they're in Sacramento Wednesday they're in Golden State next Friday they're not home again until the 13th of November so, and in and then they go and they have a, a road game two days a three days after that on the 16th in Milwaukee so like 
you don't have like if you're trying to do this at home for like whatever reason and maybe have easier access to to your full medical staff or whatever depending on what your traveling party is like kind of makes sense to maybe have him debut at home if possible and see what it looks like that's like a very minor thing but it and this is a big game for him to come back to he's gonna for the Cavs to win this game he'll have to like hop right into the flow of things um but Evan that feels like a good segue we're gonna come back and talk a lot about how to integrate Garland back what that looks like what what are we some of the keys we're looking at from a basketball perspective in terms of Garland returning but first I'm gonna tell everyone about our friends and LinkedIn These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's where you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. All it takes is filling out the right information and clicking a few buttons, and you'll be searching for the next great team member. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Finding the right team member is paramount to ending the year strong and you need the right tools to do it. LinkedIn is that tool. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back here on the Lockdown Cast podcast. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Darrow. Okay, Evan, when I say... What are you looking for as far as Garland coming back? What what are the the keys to this working immediately? What what are you just observing? What what comes to mind at first? So it is tricky. I, like again, I don't think this is going to be a seamless fit between Darius and the Cavs, uh, or especially Darius and Donovan to start things out. I mean, more so Darius between everyone other than Donovan will probably be a bit more of a comfortable fit. But I think if the Cavs kind of utilize Darius similarly to how they've been using Donovan Mitchell, just in a lot of spread pick and roll, a lot of um, letting him just get to the basket, working with a reliable screener, whether it's Jared Allen or Evan Mobley, who's shown he's a little less averse to contact over the last few games. Um, and just having a steady supply of shooters like Dean Wade, Jetty Osmond, Kevin Love, and even Donovan Mitchell to an extent too, uh, floating around on the perimeter and playing off ball. Like that's just a good way to kind of get him integrated, get him back into it. He's going to have some clear rust just because he has no live ball experience other than probably the limited contact he's had. And then just the actual scrimmaging and playing he's done during practice so far. So there's a lot of ways the Cavs can do this, but I think just kind of ripping a couple pages out of what's been working for them so far and just applying what they did to Donovan to Darius is a good way to kind of get started. The the first thing I would look at is, is seeing the Donovan and Darius part of it and, and what exactly changes from, from how good Mitchell has been to start the year. Um, like, you know, NBA.com for instance, has him taking 5.7 pull, pull up threes a game versus 3.5 catch and shoot. He's obviously going to take, a ton of pull up three still like he's that's a big part of his game. He's inc- been incredibly good at it. He's shooting fifty two point nine percent of pull up threes for the, on the season so far, which is like a ridiculous number. But that number I think is gonna you know come together a little bit. Like right, it's gonna be closer to even. I would still say pull ups are gonna be more likely, but the function of how Mitchell shoots is gonna change. And like maybe you know he's shooting thirty three point three percent 
so far this year in catch and shoot threes. Maybe his efficiency with Garland on the floor, just slightly better looks come his way via that. That's like kind of the first thing. And that leads you to wonder, and you hit on this as well, like how do lot what does the lineup stuff look like, right? Like the starting lineup we have seen work the best without Garland on the floor is Mitchell, Lavert, Dean Wade, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. We we know that when Darius is back, he's gonna replace Dean Wade in the starting lineup. And they're gonna bump Karis back to the three. Dean Wade then comes off the bench. So is he the first sub? How do you manage him and Love coming in and balance kind of what they do and sort of some of the similarities mm-hmm. there? We did see Evan Mobley um, play the five to close the game with with more shooting against the Knicks. Is, is that a look they maybe go to now coming off of that game in some circumstances? You know, do what does this mean for like Okoro's minutes coming? And we'll talk about him. We're going to do a double an, another show today. He What does that look like for him coming off maybe his most solid game of the year? Like, there's just a lot of little questions about like what how what the flow of this sort of looks like now based on like what they have learned about for these couple games and what has worked and what what has worked with Mitchell and then what you know from last year that works with Garland what balance you find there to me is sort of like it's going to be really a compelling thing to to watch Pickerstaff figure out and I suspect it will not just be Wednesday in Boston or Wednesday against Boston excuse me. But the Lakers game on Sunday, the Pistons game Friday, that like this whole West Coast road trip is sort of like, let's figure this out. Trial by fire. And and go through and go through that gauntlet. Like that's gonna be tough. How how do they deal with it? And that'll be kind of interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. Like I said, it'll be a little bit of trial by fire because the Warriors are a tough task. I think Sacramento's playing really well under Mike Brown. Ty Lu is a good coach, even if um Kawhi is out for the next six games, you still have to deal with Paul George. Like the Lakers Acted like they won the championship. They won their first game, but the Lakers do have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the roster. And I think having Russ Westbrook off the bench, bench is going to be an interesting wrinkle too. But we'll, we'll just kind of see, yeah, like you said, how the Cavs utilize everything and just make this work. Um, lineup stuff is interesting. And if you really want to like kind of have a point of reference, perhaps you use that preseason game against Philadelphia, the second one, not the first one, where you really saw – just like what Garland and Mitchell can look like when they're truly clicking and firing on all cylinders, where they're just really playing off ball one another. And it's more so Darius playing off ball Donovan and Donovan's driving to the basket. Darius floats to the perimeter. Donovan kicks it out. That's an easy look. I think that's an easy way to build chemistry. If you just do simple plays like that, don't try to overcomplicate things too much and just work through it. And then also, as you mentioned, I should say Boston is going to be a playoff like test for the Cavs because it is an interesting kind of dynamic where they play each other on Friday. They have a few days off to maybe tinker and make adjustments. And then we're going to see some different things from the Celtics as well. And I wonder how Marcus Smart is utilizing against Garland and Mitchell. And if Jalen Brown is thrown in there to make them both uncomfy too. And then Jason Tatum playing off them as well. Like, there's a lot of interesting ways. Like Bakerstaff can also put Evan Mobley on as Marcus Smart again to start the game and let Smart or Mobley wreak havoc. Like there's a lot of interesting things to do. And I think the Cavs should just lean more heavily on Donovan Mitchell, maybe not so much as they have been. Uh, lean on Allen and Mobley because they've been kind of stepping up to the task too. And then maybe just find ways to ease Darius in, let him get his shots, let him get his shots in the spots he likes, and just maybe let him just run some sets where he's just the de facto guard and just running every offensive set through him and just letting guys play off of him instead of hit everyone just fully making him play off of them uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, the, the Celtics game is like a really interesting moment for Garland to come back because it's like, okay, like not you didn't mention Marcus Smart, you mentioned Jalen Brown. They have Malcolm Brogdon. They have Derek White. Like, Derek not, White. Not, like they have guards that they can throw 
at Garland to give him different looks and put him through his paces. It's not going to be that same Raptors intensity, that same Raptors like fingers like hitting you in the eyeballs kind of stuff, but like it will be physical. It will be intense. I mean, like Friday's game felt very intense and Garland's going to come back into that kind of thing. There's not like a warm up here, right? Like this is just going back into it. Um, I'm curious to Evan to see like with Garland, like how, like just what the, there's, do we have a different idea of like the staggering versus game one and things like, I'm curious to see like how, what the sub patterns look like, how they kind of split them up. We obviously, this is like one of the big questions that we kind of have um, in, in some of this stuff. It's just like, how does ultimately, like how do they, how does pickers have managed like them? Like is one on the floor at all times who starts the fourth, who comes back into the fourth to give the other one, like maybe a mini break or something at those stretches. Mitchell's been so good that you obviously like, you're going to ride him because he's been so good, but it's like Garland has a clear place in the hierarchy of this team. And then he, how he plays should really just accentuate that, right? Like everything he does should accentuate what's around him. That's what make, if I was feeling optimistic back going back to the preseason stuff, that this is just going to be pretty clean. I would, that would be sort of why, because Garland is, is a guy who I think feeds into a, into a team context in a good way. I am curious just to see like how, how that is sort of, Set up. It's sort of like the extension of the lineup stuff, but I have the the minute management and kind of organization of that stuff. I think will be interesting. What buttons Bickerstaff hits first in in a game that like if it if it's close and fun, I would rather have that because not only will we like be covering it, but like that's that we'll learn more from that in, instead of it being like a blowout or something. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting and worth noting. Um, Hollow Neto is considered doubtful for Wednesday's game against Boston mm. due to an ankle sprain. Maybe. That's the way JB eases uh, Garland back in the rotation too. Maybe they just stick with that starting lineup of Mitchell, uh, Levert, Wade, Moby, Allen. He let Garland just be your bench guard. That's an easy way to kind of ease him back in and let him shake off a little bit of the rust and everything because you can let him just get a lot more shots if you're just letting him run the bench unit. And then, like you said, you can stagger them a little bit too and also play Garland and Mitchell together as well and just slowly integrate Darius back into your rotation instead of just kind of trying to make uh, square peg fit around hole if it like it just gets off really bumpy because I don't think you want to kind of shake the confidence this team is building too much and rattle them too much when they're kind of playing a Boston team that is battle tested and ready and like they made a pretty emphatic statement over uh, Friday night without Garland yes all right one more break we're gonna come back we're gonna look ahead to that Celtics game uh, and look a little bit at Isaac Okor who we didn't get to talk about on Monday's show but deserves some look coming off of that Sunday performance, but I wanted to remind you again to thank you for making us your first listen every day. Now make your second listen game to game NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis. Only locked on can deliver follow game to game on MB locked on NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back. Last segment on locked on Cavs. Chris Manning, Evan Damerell. Evan, let's go a couple minutes here on Isaac Okoro. Uh, Sunday, he plays a big chunk of the second half and mm-hmm. looked pretty comfortable. You know, had a really couple two really bad offensive possessions early on, but then seemed to settle down. I thought it was particularly impactful defending Jalen Brunson. I mean, I, I think that's his best game. What does that lead to? I don't know, but it feels like considering how much we have like to just be reasonable about this we have spent a lot of time wondering like okay like what is he doing uh you know this was okoro stepping into a role they really needed him to and they figured it out 
Yeah, we, we uh, at least myself, have been pretty uh, pessimistic on Isaac Coro this season. I think maybe a little bit unfair at times, interested in me admitting it. Um, he played really well against the Knicks. Like you mentioned, he had two pretty disastrous back-to-back possessions. I believe he had an offensive foul, and then he overcommitted and committed a clear path foul or some variation of that. But it was just two bad-to-bad offensive possessions, for the, or just two bad-to-bad possessions in general for Okoro. And like, he just looked off, and... It was worth watching just in the third quarter. He didn't play a single minute. And in the fourth quarter, he played the most minutes. I think he played almost the entire fourth quarter against New York. And Donovan Mitchell was very quick to effuse praise on him in the postgamer and just talked about how the fact that Okoro made a lot of key defensive stops. Um, he played really good defense on Derrick Rose at times. He did a good job on Jalen Brunson. He uh, looked comfortable defending R.G. Barrett. There was times maybe he looked a little bit too aggressive, but I think you just have to learn and like give and take with Okoro sometimes. And sometimes just balance it out but like yeah that was at least on the defensive side of the ball the most comfortable he's looked so far this season kind of looks comfortable and if that's what you're getting from isaac okoro if you're just kind of maximizing him on defense and using him to accentuate some of your more defensive inefficient guards in uh lavert and mitchell just in terms of who's available right now garland obviously when he's back and even neto as well when he's in if he's available on wednesday but if you get him comfortable on one end of the floor, and then you saw a few times like the Cavs try to run a few couple baseline cuts of him, and I think New York just understood the assignment. That's also just how New York operates. They protect the paint really well. Like the Cavs did try to get Isaac Okoro going on offense a little bit, but I think they just realized, like, hey, he's got a shorter leash on this. They'll probably pull the plug and just turn Donovan, who is just an absolute engine offensively, and just really carry the team in that game for the Cavs. But yeah, he looked really good. And I think this is a good building block to build off of and then you just slowly keep working him forward and maybe just him finding his confidence and his familiarity and comfort in this new just system the Cavs kind of have going can really work out for him and maybe once you have that confidence and comfort it could trickle down to his offense but we'll see but for now yeah this was a positive Isaac Okoro game hopefully this is momentum that carries into Wednesday's game against Boston At the very least maybe it, it gets him to be a little less tense a little more comfortable um did also have a really nice lob pass to Evan Mobley for a dunk in this game. So, like, look, mm-hmm. missed a three pretty badly, but at least there's a little bit of positive there. Okay, let's at go least on. He's taken yeah. him. At least he's okay. Yeah, at the very least. He needs to be quicker and all that stuff, but at least he took it. Okay, we'll end on hitting on this Celtics game. Evan, what are your expectations for round two? We fit in this a little bit and in, in related to Garland, but overall, what are your expectations? What are you looking for in, in Cavs Celtics round two? I'm really curious to see how these coaches um, <clears throat> break apart defending each other. I Like I said, they used Evan Mobley a little bit as a uh, free safety playing off of Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart, you can live with him taking or trying to take three-pointers. And just now, like, Grant Williams is back in this game. He wasn't in the first game. Like, I think he can be a different bit of a difference maker for the Celtics. Um, and also, it's just it's the Darius Garland question, too, for me, like, if you're watching Garland, if he's back, and again, he is questionable, but it, that would just assume he's a game-time decision. But if he does come back, what does he look like? Is he comfortable? There's probably going to be a little bit of rust. And just like, I have a lot of questions about that. And what do the Cavs do to make him feel comfortable out there so that he doesn't look so flustered or look so just kind of out of the loop because he's missed five-ish games, I believe, and then just kind of get him rolling from there and then Shift your focus to Detroit, who is a young, fun, scrappy squad. But like, this is a Celtics game that kind of has a little bit of extra juice to it. The Grant Williams thing is, to me, sort of the most important little thing, just because he's going to come in and provide spacing to the corner, spacing about the break. 
He's going to be a, a, a bigger body defender at that spot for them. He's just going to give you much. He's going to give the Celtics much more positive minutes uh, than like Blake Griffin or like Sam Hauser did. He just he just is. Um, like it's going to be harder for like Mobley to maybe back him down necessarily, right? Like he, and he's going to shoot threes. And what does that mean for what the Cavs do defensively? Does you know do you try to put like someone on him just to to cover him shooting and say like we dare you to post him up? Like there's just really funky things you could do to really organize this and, and kind of try to align with some stuff. And But it also, remember, Jason Tatum's in this game. Jalen Brown's in this game. You have to deal with those wings as well. And that, that kind of complicates any questions you might make. Like, this is, again, one of those things where I'm curious to see what Bickerstaff decides to do, how it you know kind of works within the scheme and what we understand their defensive principles to be. The other part of it is just like you're obviously. I, w- I would assume you're not going to get another forty-one point six from eight three game from Karis Levert. You know, or, Mitchell was great. At, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Like Mitchell, Mitchell. I mean, like you're not going to get both that from maybe from Mitchell, but not yeah, from Mitchell's both been that. like so. Like Mitchell, like has been so unreal to start of the year that if he has like another one of those in him, I'd just be like, cool, sure. Um, but like, are you going to get it from Levert? Not necessarily. And like, you know, Osman has had a kind of two streaky shooting games in a row. Can he kind of get? Warren, two of them kind of coming off of these last couple games. So the, the the Grant Williams thing is the question just because this is a defensive first kind of defensive identity Cavs team in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but then what what does that extend to? And, and just and how do they, what does this look like kind of round two? What adjustments do these teams make? I'll be kind of curious. And look, I'm, I, this is a primetime game. This is a nationally televised game. The last version of it was a ton of fun. Even just... I think this environment should be really cool. Like, I think that in itself is just kind of a thing to note because, like, it is early in the season. The Cavs have, like, or, you know, there's expectations and stuff, but the season is really just getting going, and this already feels like a big game that kind of matters and people be invested in, and, like, that that to me is that to me is just fun. Like, there's a lot of technical stuff about this game that's interesting, Player-wise, like the Garland return, obviously, is the A1 story. We'll be leading the show with that if and when he plays mm-hmm. on Wednesday. That, that'll be the lead. That's the most important thing of what he looks like and how that goes. But I, this should just be – this has like a, a as big – maybe it's not late in the season. There's not like playoff seating on the line. The Cavs aren't – maybe not a proven contender in the same way Boston is. <clears throat> it still kind of feels like a big game in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's another opportunity for the Cavs to make a statement and say like, hey – yeah, we haven't made the playoffs yet. We've never made the playoffs without LeBron since the 97-98 season, but they have taken two serious chunks out of the Celtics who defeat defending Eastern Conference champs if they're able to win on Wednesday night. And also, if they lose on Wednesday night, there's a lot of lessons you can learn from this. You can kind of see like what was effective, what was ineffective um, in terms of just a playoff-style matchup, like what adjustments were the coaches able to make? Is JB able to make the right adjustments in order to make this game a little bit easier? Because let's be frank... Um, the Cavs delivered a pretty strong left hook in the first game against Boston in the first quarter. I believe they're up 23-9. And then Janet kind of just let Jason Tatum just go a volcanic on them in the second and third quarter. And then they kind of battled back and won it in the end. And I don't know if the Cavs can realistically win in the strategies like that. I think they want to make it a little bit more easier on themselves. So, yeah, the adjustments will be fun. But, again, I think this is also just a way for them to make a statement. It's like, you know what? The Cavs are kind of back. And I think they belong in the conversation of like not the upper echelon of the East, but they're definitely on the outside looking in if they beat the Celtics twice in less than five days. Yes. All right. Or no, five We're days gonna... exactly. Sorry. Yes. All right. We are going to be back with another episode today because we didn't do one on November 1st. Halloween got a little busy. We're going to do fact or fiction on a couple things 
uh, for this early calf season. Hope you guys come back for that. We're going to lead that show, by the way, with how good Donovan Mitchell's been to start of the year. So hope you come back. This Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. This episode was, as always, produced by Jake Stevens. Now, for your next listen, check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris. That's Evan. Everyone, be well. We'll talk to you. I mean, just queue up to our next podcast. It's literally going to be in your feed right now.